segue, honestly. That was just phenomenal. I honestly, Pastor Jason, hats off. That was amazing. Welcome. Hope you guys are doing well this morning. You're pumped up. You're excited to be in the house of God this morning. If you joined online, uh, welcome as well. This is going to be a phenomenal morning. So I hope you guys are strapped in because we're going to get straight into it. This morning we are talking about famous last words. Famous last words are usually the words that somebody says they're recorded in history just before they pass on from this life to the next. And uh, I've got some famous quotes for you this morning of some famous uh, people who have died in their famous last words. Leonardo da Vinci, you might have heard of him. He was a pretty famous dude, inventor, genius sort of fella. His famous last words, get ready for this, were, I have offended God and mankind because my work did not reach the quality it should have. Ooh, gee whiz, all right. Hopefully we can find a cheerier one. (laughs) Beethoven, Beethoven, a famous musician, uh, penned these words or said these words just before he died. Friends applaud, the comedy is finished. That's better. That's a bit more funny, right? And, uh, of course, you know, famous last words can also be the kind of things that we say right before something ironic happens. You know what I mean? Like, it happens to me all the time. We go to the shops with my, I go to the shops with my lovely wife and, you know, she goes, oh, babe, look at this, look at this, this is amazing, we should buy this. And I go, no, we're not buying that. Of course we do. We leave with it. So, you know, famous last words are these words right before something amazing happens. You might know of a guy, he was called Jesus. His famous last words were, it is finished. It is finished. Whatever the famous words might be, they can have quite a profound impact in our lives and the lives of the people around us. So I wanted to pose this question this morning. What are the last words that the fa- your father in heaven spoke to you? What were the last words that he spoke to you? The deposit that he put in your heart, life changing words, vision casting words for your life. What was the last thing that he said to you, the vision that he gave for you for your life? He said, go here, do that. What were those last words that he spoke to you? Maybe it was five minutes ago, maybe it was five years ago, but whatever those words were, I want you to start to bring them to mind because God's promises are always true, right? If he says yes, it will be yes. If he says this is where we're going, that's where we're going. What were the last words that he spoke to you? We're about halfway through the year now, a little bit over halfway through the year, and this morning I think is a great opportunity for us to take a minute to realign with the words that he spoke to us. Maybe he spoke to them to us 10 years ago, 20 years ago, I don't know. But we're going to realign this morning with those words. Why don't we pray? Heavenly Father, this morning we just take this moment, these moments with you to open our hearts to hear what it is you have to say to each and every one of us. Father, deposit something in our lives. Don't let us leave this place the same way that we walked in this morning. We have ears to hear. We we have open hearts this morning as you want to speak to each and every one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Very cool. Well, The team are going to come about now. They're going to help me out because I want you guys to participate with me this morning. So I've got some pens and some paper, and I want everyone to take a pen, or it's actually a pencil. Take a pencil, take a piece of paper as they come around because I'm going to get you to participate with me this morning. But can I share with you before we do the famous last words, the last words, the uh, vision-casting words that God spoke to me. Is that cool? So we can get an idea of what I'm talking about. God said to me about 10 years ago now, 
This, this was the words that he said to me. He said, you are going to build a business that challenges, changes, and impacts your industry and your community. And that was it. And so, uh, what were the words that God has deposited into your heart? Maybe he hasn't yet. Maybe he hasn't done that yet, and you're still waiting for the vision. Well, that's okay. On that piece of paper, I want you to write down, Father, share with me your vision and your heart for my life. But if you know what those words are, and you just know in your spirit, you're like, man, you know, I know some time ago God said this to me. He said, yep, this is, this is, this is what he spoke to me. Well, write it down. Take a minute to just write it down on that piece of paper, and I want you to hang on to that piece of paper until the end, because we're going we're gonna to revisit that. But the, the words that God speaks to us in our spirit, they just resonate. And, and as we go through life and, and we do the journey, sometimes we can get a little bit distracted. Sometimes we can get a little bit caught up in life. But those words, they are the foundation of where God is taking us. And so we need to hang on to those words. We need to remember those words. And of course, I think a great place to start is in the Bible when we want to learn and grow and understand what it is that God wants us to do with those words and what perhaps life might throw at us. And so this morning, I wanted to start with a story of a man in the Bible. His name was Joseph. You might have heard of Joseph. And uh, so I'll give you a little bit of context. Joseph was a young man, where we pick up the story, he was a young man. He was the son of Jacob. Uh, Jacob was another man of the Bible who had been chasing after God his whole life. He was the guy who wrestled with an angel of God. He was the guy who stole his brother's birthright. So he made a few mistakes in there, but that's okay. And uh, Joseph was his son. And so we pick up the story in Genesis 37, chapter 37, verses 3 through 11. Now Israel, which was Jacob, loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he had been born to him in his old age. And he, he made an ornate robe for him. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. Joseph had a dream. And when he told his brothers, they hated him all the more. He said to them, listen, this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. His brother said to him, do you really intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more because of his dream and what he had said. And then he had another dream and he told it to his brothers. Listen, he said, I had another dream. And this time the sun and the moon and 11 stars were bowing down to me. When he told them this, when he told this to his father, as well as his brothers, his father rebuked him and said, what is this dream you had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you. His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the matter in mind. So this was Jacob's vision for his, uh, Joseph's vision for his life that God had given to him. God was basically saying to him, you are going to be ruling and reigning. I'm going to put you in dominion over a whole bunch of stuff, and you are going to seriously do amazing things for me. And God gave him this vision and then he went and shared it with his family, and you'd think they'd be like, oh, man, this is amazing. You know, God's like, he's giving you this incredible vision, and he's going to do things. Oh, this is awesome. Hallelujah. But no, quite the opposite happened, and his brothers in particular actually hated him. And so one of the things that I think we need to do with that vision that you've written down there, we need to be careful with who we share it with. We need to be careful with who we share the vision that God 
has given to us uh, in our lives. Uh, can I share a little bit of a story with you? Because when I was, I think I was about 17, 16, 17, 18, something like that, uh, I, I was actually a very, very gifted singer-songwriter, believe it or not. All right? I was actually a very gifted singer-songwriter, particularly in the rap genre, all right? Partic- yes, that's right. Particularly in the rap genre, all right? I was so talented and I had this gift and I just had to share it with the world and I told my friends and my family and guess what? They said, you're kidding yourself, aren't you? I'm like, hang on a minute. Like, you know, you got all these other guys like Jay-Z and Eminem, you know, all them guys, like Christian lyrics, of course. But, you know, I was like on par with them and then here, here my family and friends go, mate, come on. Like, seriously, you're joking, aren't you? I'm like, no, I'm dead serious. They're like, no, 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 you don't know what you're talking about. And I was shut down because I told the wrong people, all right? If I had told the right people, you'd see me on billboards right now. I'd be touring around the world, singing, rapping my heart out. But no, I told the wrong people. There's still time. Thank you very much for that. (laughs) Um, Of course, I'm I'm joking. Uh, I, I wasn't joking at the time. I really thought I was good, but... Um, you know, I'm joking, of course, but we need to be careful with the vision because if we tell the wrong people, they can shut us down. They can discourage us. They can hamper the vision of God in our lives. So we need to be careful with who we tell. Joseph had to learn this because by telling his brothers, he actually wound up, well, first of all, they wanted to kill him, but then they decided, "Mm, maybe not the best idea. We can actually profit off this. We'll sell you instead. And so they sold him as a slave. So because he told the wrong people, he went on a massive detour as to where God was taking him. And so we need to be careful who we share it with. So who should we share the vision of God in our lives for? Well, Proverbs 24 verse 6 says this, it's better to be wise than strong. Intelligence outranks muscle any day. Strategic planning is the key to warfare. To win, you need a lot of good counsel. We need good counsel in our lives when we share the vision of God. Who's good counsel? Well, you've got to work that out for yourself, but it might be your mentor. Maybe you've got a mentor, someone in your life who you look up to, who's been helping you, guiding you, leading you. Maybe it's your pastors, pastors in the church. Pastors uh, can help you to guide you, to lead you, to affirm what it is that God has said for your life. But we need to be careful. We need to be choosy with who we share the vision that God has given us in our lives. Is this good? So, of course, Joseph made that first mistake. He shared it with the wrong people. But even so, God still landed him in the right house. We pick up the story in Genesis chapter 39, verses 1 through 12. Now, Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. Potiphar, an Egyptian... Oh, by the way, sorry, I should just clarify. So, he's been sold by his brothers... If you're following with the story, he's been sold by his brothers, sold into slavery. They were coming through town. And, uh, and Potiphar, an Egyptian, who was one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard, brought him, as in physically brought him, paid for him, from the Ishmaelites, who had taken him there. The Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered, and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favour in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household and he entrusted his care everything he owned. From the time he had put him in charge of his household and of all that he had owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had. 
both in the house and in the field. So Potiphar left everything he had in Joseph's care. With Joseph in charge, he did not concern himself with anything except for the food that he ate. Now Joseph was well built and handsome. There we go. And after a while, his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, come to bed with me. But he refused. With me in charge, he told her, my master does not concern himself with anything in this house. Everything he owns, he has entrusted to my care. No one in this house is greater than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you because you are his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? And though she spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused to go to bed with her or even be with her. One day he went into the house to attend his duties and none of the household servants were inside. She caught him by his cloak and said, come to bed with me. But he left his cloak in her hand and ran out of the house. Pretty cool, right? Well, I think the next thing that we can learn from Joseph and probably one of the greatest lessons we are ever going to learn in life is integrity is key. Our integrity is absolutely key to the vision and the purposes that God has for our life. Now, Joseph in, that, in those moments, and this happened day after day, right? So he's got this woman knocking on his door day after day. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Well, he was already in charge of Potiphar's house. He already had everything given to him. I'm pretty sure it wouldn't have been that hard to just go, yeah, all right. I'll indulge just a little bit. You know, like I've already been given all this stuff. I mean, who would ever know, right? Like seriously, I mean, she's not going to tell anyone. Who would ever know? Like it's, it's all right, isn't it? Like we could just, you know, just a little bit. But no, Joseph said, no, I'm not doing this. He upheld his integrity. I had uh, a similar thing happen to me actually a little while ago. I was in my, oh, at my favorite place in the whole wide world, Bunnings Warehouse. And um, that's right, Bunnings Warehouse. And uh, anyway, I'd just gotten a whole bunch of stuff and, you know, collected, ready for work, whatever. And I was about to head out and there was a whole lot of cars and it was quite busy. And anyway, I had to pull back a little bit and I wasn't paying enough attention. And I actually ran into and nudged the car behind me. And um, I was like, oh, great. You know, and so like no one was there, no one saw. And uh, anyway, and so I sort of got out and I had a bit of a look and I... Uh, had a ute, so didn't phase my vehicle, but uh, the car behind me had, had a bit of a, a, a ding in the front of it. I was like, ah, oh, man. And um, of course, you know, in that moment, it would have been pretty easy to just go, we're good here, I'm out, and, and just take off. But I just knew, I was like, oh, I can't do that, that's not right. And so I actually waited around for the guy who owned the vehicle to show up, and of course he showed up, and I said, oh, oh backed into your car, you got a bit of a ding there. Anyway, and, uh, and luckily, he was cool. He didn't shoot me. You know, he didn't, he didn't um, you know, take me out. It was, it was all good. It was, it was all cool. But um, integrity is absolutely key. And integrity is not just when we're doing things, uh, when people are watching, you know, doing the right thing when people are watching, but it's doing the right thing, doing the God thing when people aren't watching, when nobody else knows. Nobody else knows that, uh, you know, you're doing the right thing, but you do, and God does, and that is integrity. And so Joseph, in that situation, when he actually ran out of the room and, and uh, the cloak was left in Potiphar's wife's hand, what happened next was pretty incredible because Joseph ran out of the room. He did the right thing. He, ran, he got himself out of there. He's like, I'm not hanging around for this. I'm getting out of here. Well, Potiphar caught wind of it because his wife told a bit of a lie and said, oh, Joseph came on to me, which he didn't, but... 
you know, this is what happened. And then Potiphar got really angry and threw Joseph in jail. Joseph did the right thing, but he wound up in jail. That's integrity. Integrity, even though Joseph did the right thing, he ended up getting punished for it. So great, Pastor Adam, you're telling me that, you know, if I hold my integrity high, I'm going to get in trouble for it. Well, maybe, but that's integrity. Integrity is absolutely key to the vision of God in your life. God can work with someone who has incredible integrity. You can only travel as far in life as your integrity will take you. And so perhaps the breakthrough in your life is just waiting, just waiting for those moments of integrity and character to shine through. So Joseph ends up in jail. He's now in jail, and he actually ends up in jail for a couple of years before anything more happens. And can you imagine those two years hanging around in jail, just going, oh man, like God, come on, I did the right thing. Like, you know, this is what you'd want me to do, and here I am in jail. You've told me that I'm going to be, you know, this amazing person who's going to have uh, rule over all this stuff, and here I am in jail. Like, come on, what's going on? We pick up the story in Genesis chapter 41, verses 15 to 16. Pharaoh said to Joseph, oh, sorry, I should clarify before we move on, sorry. Um, So now he's been in jail and then Pharaoh catches wind of the fact that Joseph actually knows how to interpret dreams. And so Pharaoh says, all right, I've heard about this guy. I want you to bring him to me. I want to have a chat with him. And so Pharaoh said to Joseph, I had a dream and no one can interpret it. But I've heard it said of you that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. I can't do it, Joseph replied to Pharaoh. But God will give Pharaoh the answer he desires. And so the very next thing that Joseph did after being put in jail, so he's upheld his integrity, and then Joseph uh, has an opportunity here now to get out of jail because Pharaoh's come to him basically saying, well, come on, you're the guy I've heard about. What's the very first thing that Joseph does? Well, he points to the sky and he says, I can't do what you're asking me to do, but God can. God's power in my life is what you're really looking for. You're not looking for me. You're looking for God's power in my life. And so I think the third thing that we can take away from Joseph and and learn from him is that we need to give God the glory for the good things in our life. Because who knows that everything good comes from God, right? Everything good comes from God. And Joseph wasn't afraid to say it and let it be known. And so we pick up the story, continuing the story in Genesis chapter 45, verses 1 through 8. Sorry, my apologies, before we go there. (laughs) Um, So Pharaoh now makes Joseph in charge of everything. All All of the land of Egypt, all of his attendants, all of the people around, Joseph is put in charge of all of it. He showed integrity, he's pointed to God, and now God has blessed him and given him all this stuff to be in charge of. And then, Joseph's brothers come back into the picture, and we pick it up again. Then Joseph could no longer control himself before all his attendants, and he cried out, have everyone leave my presence. So there was no one with Joseph when he made himself known to his brothers, and he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard him, and Pharaoh's household heard about it. Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph, is is my father still living? But his brothers were not able to answer him because they were terrified at his presence. Remember, they haven't seen Joseph in 
years, a decade. When they had done so, he said, I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. And now don't be distressed, don't be angry with yourselves for selling me here because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. For two years now, there's been famine in the land of Egypt. And for the next five, there'll be no plowing or reaping. But God has sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant of earth to save your lives by great deliverance. So then, it is not you who sent me here, but it was God. He made me father to Pharaoh, lord of his entire household, ruler of all of Egypt. And his brothers were just amazed and stunned. But I tell you what's the most stunning thing about that story is now that Joseph's brothers are back on the scene and come back into his life, they've realized that the vision of God that they put down back at the start of things is actually coming to pass. And they're like, oh my gosh, like it was God. We realize now. And I reckon what they were expecting was to have the book thrown at them, right? To have the book absolutely thrown at them by Joseph. I mean, they sold the guy. Well, first they wanted to kill him, and then they sold him, and all these different things have happened to him. Joseph could have, would have had every right to throw the book at him, right? Absolutely every right. But Joseph didn't do that. He yet again pointed to God and said, you know what? All of these terrible things that have happened, it's all good. It was all God outworking his plans and his purposes in my life. It was all God. We give him all the glory. Matthew chapter 5, verse 5 says, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Joseph demonstrated incredible meekness with the way that he dealt with his brothers. We dealt with his family. He could have thrown the book at him, but he didn't. He showed them grace and love just the way that God had shown him. Meekness is not weakness. It's actually great strength. And to be humble, to show great character in the face of adversity, even though you'd have every right to go, no, nah, stuff is all. No, I'm going to hold my integrity high. I'm going to point to God. And maybe next time, be a little bit more careful with who I share the vision with. Joseph had a wild ride. We're all probably going to have a wild ride. But the vision of God in your life, if he said yes, it's yes. If he said it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Because that's our God. Famous last words. The famous last words that you wrote down on that piece of paper that God spoke to you. As we, why don't we stand? We'll all stand together. I want you to hold that. You can fold it up, hold it in your hand, whatever you want to do. We need to hang on to that. Because when God speaks, we need to listen, right? Hang on to that word that God gave you. Because whether it's been five days, five years, 50 years since He spoke those words into your life, He'll bring it to pass. We just have to hang on. We just have to show integrity. We just have to point to God and look to Him for the deliverance. Look to Him for the fulfillment of the vision in our lives. Just like Joseph, he had to go through a whole lot of trials, a whole lot of valleys. Ten years ago, God shared my vision with me. We've been on lots of ups and downs. We've gone up mountains, gotten to the top thinking we're here, only to realize there was another mountain behind it. But God is there. He hasn't left you. He hasn't forsaken you. He's with you all the way through. And so as you hold that vision in your hand, as we go out with one more final song, and we're going to pray just before we do, but as you hold that in your hands, don't let it go. 
It's not just words on a paper. This is what the Father has spoken to you. Or maybe He hasn't spoken to you, and so you just wrote down, Father, share with me your vision. He will, I promise you, He will share with you the vision for your life. He has a plan and a purpose for you, something very special just for you to do. All He's asking is just take His hand and go on the journey. Why don't we pray? Heavenly Father, this morning we are here in Your presence, and we thank You We thank you that you see us individually. You call us by name. You know all of the hairs on our head. You know all of our heart's desires. And you know the purposes you have for us. And so this morning, we just pray as we hold those words in our hand, as we ask you for those words to deposit them in our hearts. Father, this morning, we just stand here believing with faith that you will bring it to pass. No vision is too big. No mountain is too high when you are with us. And so we hold that in our hands this morning. We believe it with faith that you are going to bring it to pass. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your mercy and your grace in working with us as we do the journey and as we do this life together. May we encourage each other and spur each other on, whether we be in the valleys or whether we be on the mountaintops. Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Very cool. Well, as we sing uh, and go out with one last song, why don't we hold those words high that God's given to us and, and lift it up to Him? Amen.